We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn this thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D. And keep it locked. You are tuned into the library. The Lies are Buried. With Tim Inico. Right here, right now. Rapstation.com. Known to many of us as play from the rap and acting duo Couldn't Play, Christopher Play Martin continue, continues to wear many hats. He now serves as executive producer of BrandNews.com, where he oversees mass communication major students from different colleges and universities and has just completed his latest documentary titled Can Hip Hop Go to School? Christopher Play Martin, welcome to the library with Tim Einenkel on RapStation.com. Thank you, and hello to you and uh, all your listeners. Uh, great, thank you. Uh, first off, can you can you tell us a little about bit about brandnews.com? Well, what Brand News is is really was birthed out of a frustration that I still am frustrated with. Um, what uh, the powers that be as uh, serves as news or call it news, and no offense against my Asian brothers and sisters, but we used to have this cliche or this thing about you know Chinese food that after you eat it and you're full about an hour later, you're hungry again. And that's the way I feel about um, news that's being served. It's really gossip. It's really opinions. It's really, it's really mess. Um, and when you really think about what you've been told or what you've been informed or advised or anything to, to be educated by, there's really nothing there. You just know who's sleeping with so-and-so and, and who's doing this and who's doing that, but there's really no, nothing to inform you to make wise decisions when you walk out the front door dealing with, you know, what's going on out there in the world. So um, uh, I, after indicting the powers to be, I was then shortly convicted in regards to why don't I do something about it, and the idea was birthed to create a news, uh, realizing at the time that hip-hop was uh, mature now, old enough to be more accountable and responsible, especially since we're providing jobs and, and, and all kinds of great things like that. Where you know, if hip hop was a person, it's a grown adult right now and we are accountable. So to take the influence, the resources that we have and to um, inject it into technology, inject it into science, politics, finances, still sports, still entertainment, but all the things that the news is supposed to be about health, um, you know, inspiration, you know, things that are uplifting to encourage people to to move forward and not necessarily buy into or start acting like fools or living ratchet, you know what I'm saying? So that's what it's about. And who else, to work, who else better to work with than the future? And the future are students and like-minded people and the young at heart. So um, that's what we do. We go out of our way to find positive news 
and support it and promote it. And at the same time, we're, we're not dealing with issues or dealing with the world with rose-colored glasses on. We know how to uh, tell people about some of the unfortunate things that are going on, but in a, in a very um, uh, very uh, positive aspect or putting a spin on it where we can learn from the mistakes of others rather than throw stones and, and judge other people. Is it Actually, I was wondering, is it hard to, I mean, you mentioned kind of using hip-hop as a, you know, to drive a positive force. Is it hard to, because it's hard to counter uh, counterbalance that or, or, or just fight against the, so much of the, I guess, the quote-unquote negativity that we, that's, you know, on our television screens or, you know, on the YouTube video? Yeah, you would think it would be. I was concerned, would there be enough content? Uh, and there is. It's just got to be searched for, even in regards to uh, uh, hip-hop artists and, and individuals in the culture. You know, they so most do have some things that a lot of people aren't aware, about, aware of in regards to foundations or aware of things they've done for people that weren't uh, promoted in the media, uh, even dealing with athletes that I know, high-profile athletes, Usually every one of them have a foundation. You just don't hear about that. Uh, same thing with uh, R&B recording artists, rap artists, whatever the case may be. So it's out there. It just has to be purposely looked for. Mm. And as, as, as we mentioned at the top, you just completed your fourth fourth documentary um, titled Can Hip-Hop Go to School, which features many hip-hop pioneers and icons such as Grandmaster Kaz, Grand Wizard Theodore, Ninth Wonder, Premier, Pete Rock, Money Love, Chuck D, Slick Rick, and the list goes on and on. Um, can you tell? Can you just give the listeners a sense of um, kind of what the documentary is about and what goal? Now that the project is complete, what goal were you hoping to achieve, and did you achieve that goal? Well, really, it's a freebie, you know. Uh, like CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, they they do occasional occasional specials, like CNN presents. So this is Brand News Presents, a Christopher Martin documentary and a video journal. Uh, I've been in the higher learning uh, community, educating uh, from Miles College to North Carolina Central University to Florida A&M Universities and spoke at so many colleges uh, of esteem um, over close to over 15 years now. So I... Had a, um, I was inspired to always have a camera with me, usually a video camera. Everybody knows me, so usually I have a video camera with me. And um, the question just evolved organically, can hip-hop go to school? Um, and it was just interesting to hear some of the behind-the-scenes or, again, what we don't know about a lot of high-profile individuals about how they feel about school, how they feel about education, and how this played a part in their life. So in my travels, which I do quite a bit and still performing with my dear friend, the KID, fellow mm -hmm. with the high top fade, you know, it put me in positions to get, uh, have conversations with individuals that most, you know, sometimes can't or have those kind of intimate kind of conversations. And then at the same time, being able to video um, presentations, lectures, things I've been involved with as far and in, as, in as well as regular classes as well. So basically... I, what I'm doing is is asking the audience to join me to look at hip hop as though it's actual a, an actual person, and if anybody's familiar with the the story in the Bible of the prodigal son, is how he left home and he came back. In this case, hip hop being a son or a daughter that was pretty much booted out of a home, and in this case, the school because of the fiscal crisis 
in New York in the 70s and went away to fend for it on, on its own and ended up doing very well. Can it return back to the school, bring the fortunes and the influence that it has and help save the schools and the, the community that's in trouble by being a recruitment tool, by coming and giving cautionary tales of how to better handle your money, mm. how you can probably be a lawyer if you want to, or a, um, an accountant, or even a carpenter in regards to set building, costume designing. It provides trades uh, and jobs and careers and things of that nature, even technology, inventing a apps and all of that good stuff in regards to music or outside of music. So that's what it's really about is the fact that me being on this journey, asking this question and, and hearing some very interesting, passionate answers and things of that nature. And it involves performances as well as, you know, with me being able to have the access I have to stage with, you know, performances with Rakim and Big Daddy Kane and Arrested Development and the list goes on. I couldn't put anything and everything and everybody that I have on film. And that's why it's taken as long to do because there's a lot of tough decisions to make. Right. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice, healthy piece that I hope people... I hope it helps raise the question and maybe can be a first cousin to the documentary um, looking for Superman. Oh, from the preview, it seems like uh, the preview of the trailer, um, it seems like there's a lot of focus on the old school versus the new school. Um, can you tell us, the listener, what's the difference between the old school and today's hip hop? Also, is there lessons that they uh, that the documentary shows from the new school or is it really just kind of focusing more on the old school well i mean think about it you know i'm not trying to say one is better than the other but let's be honest about it you know bringing uh being dealing with more of the new school than the old school is almost like having a kid teach class teach college mm. you know what the old school brings is life lessons don't make the same mistake i did you know, we didn't have, or and even those before me, there was no manual. There was no textbook. History books and Bible, everything included, is based off of historical or events and adventures of individuals. And they're sharing with you, you know, the do's and the don'ts. So it's that's what this is about. So, yes, there is some. We have Trey songs in it. We have B.O.B. We have Jim Jones. We have, you know, people speaking as well. But it would, you know, when you're dealing with your George Washingtons and your Abraham Lincolns in this culture, you know, that's who you want to speak with. You know, it's to me, my I love having the opportunity to sit down with an older head, not just in hip hop, but just in life period, mm -hmm. and just talk to me about what they've done, what they've seen, and what not to do. So, and that's what I normally tell people, even with my class. I might not be able to tell you what to do, but I can show enough to be able to tell you what not to do. <laughs> you know, so it's not about one being better than the other. It's just who else is a better teacher than someone who has been around a lot longer. You know, yeah. uh, DMC from Run DMC talks uh, in one of the clips. He talks about the lack of balance in uh, yes. hip hop today. Um, just for our listeners, can you kind of expand on what he was saying and? Um, I was curious, is, is bringing hip-hop back into schools, is that a way of countering or, or making it more balanced? Uh, and well, is that the only thing to yeah. do? 
Well, I mean, you know, when people were asking me the question if, you know, Nas had ignited, was is hip-hop dead? You know, I said, well, I wouldn't say it's dead, but I would say it's on life support. I would say that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's comatose at the moment um, because it's because of the repetition. You know, I've lived long enough to remember that when you listen to the radio, you Heavy D and the boys would be going off and Public Enemy would be coming on right behind them. And after Public Enemy, maybe some Arrested Development, mm. maybe some Houdini. It was diversity. There was the, you know, and that's another word for balance in regards to the fact that there's more to this than just, like even DMC said, yeah, you got the drug dealer that's into hip-hop and loves hip-hop, but you have a mechanic and a banker and a doctor, too, that is. Like, just the other day, I was with Florida um, House of Representatives House Speaker Will Weatherford, mm. and this guy's passion for hip-hop was phenomenal. You know, he's telling me stories about him and his six brothers and how much they love hip hop and just wow, you know? So it's like it's 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 diversity. It's being able to be able to show and the reason why I was bringing him up is he's a senator. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you know white would attack, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I didn't question his passion. I didn't question his his love for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's diversity. It's just not about the drug kid and the relationship with illegal substances. There's other people that are good, as good, in some cases better, that they're, they're florists, you know what I'm <laughs> saying, or messengers or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So that's the, that's the balance in it, that there's more to it than just the side that gets all the uh, attention. There, there's two questions in this. It's... Um... What, one is what is the big what has the biggest obstacle been to getting hip hop back in schools? But then also, once it's in schools, from a student, I mean, what has been the biggest obstacle? Have you guys ran into like the student? Has he or she come in and totally thought that hip hop was one thing, and then you guys really and and whoever all the time, all the time, and that's like the biggest compliment because people. You know, off the bat, think it's a, a class that teaches you how to rap or how to be on the turntables, and that's a small piece of it. It's a nice piece of it, but it's a small piece of it. So when we get into the social, social, and the and the, and the spirit of it, and the social situations of, of of where some things come from, when we get into all the breaking down the dynamics, like my favorite, which I think is the greatest rap record ever made that I love, you know, when we speak on is the the message by Grandmaster Flash mm -hmm. in the Furious Five. It's a rap song. I like what KRS said. It's the first with the first rap song. But look what it brought to to, to the masses. Look what it how it exposed so much. And it came out, which a lot of people forget in a time where it was mostly party rap, you know, so here comes something that really sobered everyone and it told the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at Kumo D's Go See the Doctor, yeah, it was a dope beat. People party to it, but it was about, you know, um, social diseases, AIDS and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, that, that, that those things work. Um, the challenge has been time. You know, people getting it. You know, some people just like how R&B at one time wasn't ready to embrace hip-hop until it got in trouble. And then, you know, now you started hearing rappers featured on R&B tracks with mm -hmm. R&B artists, you know. Uh, but the same thing here. It's like, you know, people that just don't know or want to know that are in uh, that are gatekeepers 
uh, from time to time um, create a, um, a hindrance. But um, once they, you know, and there's been time where those who have felt very strongly and they just sat in on the class. I don't know what the reason was. You're probably coming there to get proof that it was what they thought it was about. And, and, and later after class, pretty much apologized that they had no idea, you know, how deep we went and how deep we go. Christopher, one of the uh, what, a young man in the documentary says about the workshop that, quote, it opens people's eyes to what hip hop used to be and what it's becoming. So mm-hmm. what do you see hip hop becoming? To be honest with you, I don't know. And that's what kind of makes it exciting. You know, like who ever knew, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? When as it evolved from decade to decade, you know, um, cash and all of them would be forthcoming. They had no idea. Uh, I had no idea. The only reason why I was into hip-hop was because I saw how the women was reacting to it, and I wanted to get with them. Um, and look what that turned into. All I wanted was a single. I didn't want an album. I just wanted a <laughs> single. I felt if I had a single, I'd be able to do the rest. I could take it from there. I had no idea it was going to turn into everything that had it turned into and for me to have the position in this. I am a little concerned as we travel abroad and influenced by music and things that are happening, you know, in in other places, you know, and maybe it's just me, you know, being guilty like parents or older people are where you're accustomed or you, you know, you're not really to embrace anything new, but, you know, I liked what a lot, what was coming from, or did come from New York in your, you know, eighties and nineties and all of that. So the whole technical thing and everything not really my my thing i get it and there's occasional stuff that gets my attention but you know i like the um i like where it's where it was homegrown you know and i want to kind of go into uh it's uh kind of your career um there's one thing about you and kid you had this like i think this great lyrical chemistry and a kind mm-hmm. of a, a ability just to play off of each other uh really well kind of it reminds me of um the treasure treasures three um, mm. Is that something? Well, thank you. Uh, is that something that um, that is that's organic? Uh, did you have to work on, or I mean, is it something that you have? You have. If you don't have it, you might as well like not be a group anymore. Or no, very very organic. Kid and I, we weren't part of a casting call, and two people. I mean, anybody put us two together. You know, uh, we grew up pretty much literally together, literally around the corner from each other. Still to this day, we're able to finish each other's thoughts and sentences <laughs> if we're on a business call and for whatever reason, one of our uh, phones, you know, get disconnected or the battery goes out. I know the kid knows, you know, what I will say and, mm. and what I will probably think and same thing, vice versa. If one of those rare times we don't, we'll say, you know, got to get back to you after I speak to, you know, partner. Right. But, um, no, and I think that just has a lot to do with the influence of what we were listening to a lot and um, and admiring, you know. Uh, I, I, that's a great compliment when you say the Treacherous Three, L.A. Sunshine and and um, Special Pay. Special Pay, yeah. So that that that's awesome, you know, but that's what was, was happening at the time was in regards to, uh, like, Melly Mel and, and, I mean, like the Furious Bob said, making five MCs sound like one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's, what, that's what's up, you know. We've talked about the hip hop scene has changed so much. Uh, I mean, it's it's 38 years old. You know, it's it's been around. Uh, can you kind of give I don't know, give a listener kind of like I don't know any an idea of what it was like back uh, 
when you guys were, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say in your prime, but you know, my favorite time was when I was, I don't like using the word fan, but when it is what it is, it is what it is. And when I was a fan of hip hop, this was pre kid and play. Uh, the great thing about becoming play of kid and play, it, it got me the best seats in the house to see the people that I have been crazy about. I just was honored um, at the legends of three, uh, the devastating Tito and Team Fearless Four gives annually. They gave their third Legends, and they honored me with Kid and I with an award. And who performed was the Fantastic Romantic Five and and the Cold Crush Brothers and Spoonie G and all of them. And uh, Kane was there and a lot of other people. Um, the first time I ever met Busy B, uh, Starsky, um, and he's sitting right next to me the whole time, and I'm having an out-of-body experience like, oh, my God, I'm sitting next to Busy B. And, it's, and he, right, he knows me because of what I've done, but I'm losing my mind. And Kane is, like, sitting right behind me. He and I go way back with a friend, but I know how he feels about that era. So we are, like, we, we just reverted back to being shuddies back in the day and being able to be in there. Normally, you had to be careful watching these guys perform because, you know, you had the stick-up kids and the, and the gangs and all of that. But to be there and watch them do all their routines, I'm about to lose my mind, you know, like literally, you know. So that's what's up for me. And, and I'm still a kid at heart when I'm in those surroundings you know and this documentary is a uh, a a labor of love but um as far as kid and i you know we've had a lot i mean it's stuff that people wouldn't will never have an opportunity to to do and and i'm just saying that because i'm just recognizing how fortunate i've more than fortunate blessed i've been but um a lot of that stuff you know, I don't remember as well as I remember the times when Kid and I were, were, you know, struggling to make it. Those were the good times, you know, but um, I have pictures that remind me of, of the pinnacle of our careers, and, and we still enjoy a lot of very high uh, high things today, you know. It's just amazing. I just did an uh, interview for CNN. They're getting ready in a couple of months to introduce this documentary called uh, Fresh Best, I mean, Fresh Fresh Dress or Dress Fresh, whatever. It's about the uh, influence and the relationship between hip-hop and fashion. So um, they got wind of uh, what I've done, you know, things I've designed as, as far as the salt and pepper um, uh, pushy jackets, all of Kid and I stuff. I did a lot of stuff for Heavy D and his videos and all of that stuff. So that was an honor to be, um, you know, to want to talk to me about that, you know. If, if Have you ever thought, like, if you weren't, if you if you if you weren't in hip hop, if you weren't kid and play, a part of kid and play, what 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 would be your alternative career? You know, if if it was based on the facts, either dead or in prison, you know, I I, I tell people God used hip hop to save my life because my heroes was Fat Cat. My heroes was Alpo and Mickey Bonds and Guy Fisher and and uh Benny and uh all the thugs, you know, those were mm -hmm. people I looked up to. Those are who I tried to emulate. Had a couple of close calls in my life, but, you know, it was the life of a stick-up guy. I knew the, the real 50 Cent, um, all of that. I mean, that was, those were my stars. Those were the people, because that's as far as my eye could see. That was the car they were driving, the women they were with, jury, homes, 
that was success. I didn't, I didn't, couldn't relate to the bank or a fireman or any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, hip hop, and of course we know back then it wasn't called hip hop, but you know, right. um, God used it as uh, to to distract me and, and and change my course. So, you know, I always drew. I drew a lot. Uh, design that was my passion when nobody was around and in the privacy of my own home I was drawing but um I didn't see it making money for me you know is it can we I mean I I read that yeah I was reading up that you 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 used you you used to draw now you obviously as you said you still draw is there anything like uh we could get like a, a kind of like a play uh graphic design book or something like that in the future or is that you know, I my prayer to God was to take all of my energy and my talent and help me convert it into technology. And, you know, that's where my artistic thing lies. You know, even with this movie, I've done, you know, most of the editing and the tech stuff behind it. You know, I'm really into technology, you know, where art is concerned, especially like videography, photography, uh, uh, a lot of special effects, things of that nature, stuff that drawing helps a lot and to have an eye and to be able to navigate a certain way but i still have a lot of the stuff i've done you know i was i was involved when they did the kid and play com marvel comic books i still have the artwork original artwork from that um there's um you know I, there's stuff that i have you know I, I was accepted and went for a brief time to the school of art and design and that's how i got really introduced to more into hip-hop but you know, the first time everybody kept telling me about this song called Apache that it felt like forever for me to finally hear. Uh, being uh, exposed to the gear, sheepskins, quarterfield coats, British walkers, all of those things, Mocknecks, Delancey Street, the whole nine, you know. Um, it was a very special time, you know. But, yeah, I have a few things. And who knows what the future holds. But right now I'm really, I'm really getting a second wind as far as technology and, and artistic um, expression through that, you know. Right, you've had and you you you're continuing to have a a great career, uh, and you've obviously worked with many producers as Kid and Play. Um, can you give can you give a listener uh, kind of a sense of what it was like to work with uh, Herbie Lovebug? I mean, who produced not just you guys but Salt and Pepper. It Jesse wasn't it, yeah, it wasn't work. You know, it was friends, <laughs> and we were able to get things produce things out of it. You know, it wasn't you know it wasn't a lot of drudgery. Uh, Herbie was. I wouldn't say a perfectionist, but kind of sort of like when he had his idea of what he wanted something to sound like, he wasn't taking any shorts, you know, we'd be there forever. Mm. And if it didn't get done only because the human body couldn't take it anymore, you're coming back tomorrow to do it all over again. But, um, you know, it's a lot different when you, when you're with your friends and you have the same interests, you know, it's, let's finish this track because we're going to get together with those girls we met yesterday or whatever the case <laughs> may be. Um, a lot of fun. We all knew what we were doing. We all knew what was we we weren't oblivious to the fortune or the the, the once in a lifetime thing that was taking place. You know, uh, at Herbie's house, which wasn't too far from where we all lived, that's where the tour bus would pick everybody else up at. So it was exciting you know, from salt and pepper to be pulling up, you know, whoever was giving them a lift and dropping them off, us as well. We shared the bus together, and it was just great. You know, we're going to stop at McDonald's before we really hit the road, you know, and the music and the laughing and snapping on each other. It was very, very, very special times, very special times, you know. 
a question I kind of asked a lot of people, just kind of get a sense of, you know, just to get a sense of um, what they're listening to or what they feel. But it's pretty much which five albums of any music genre, it could be any music genre, okay. uh, would you have wished to have been a, a part of in some way, whether you were on the track, whether you were producing, even like a fly in the wall in the studio? Well, for those who are pure hip-hop enthusiasts, they might be disappointed with my answer, but I am a big Earth, Wind & Fire fan. Oh, nice. And uh, when before I got introduced to the hip-hop culture, not being called hip-hop then, I was in a band. I used to play lead and rhythm guitar. Well, you know, there's a big gap between that and hip-hop, but, you know, a lot of my, you know, when I was behaving myself going to school, I was, you know, doing that. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, later in life to actually meet them uh, under the most interesting circumstances and then to be acts with Kid and I rap on one of the albums only for our record company to say no because they didn't think it was hip-hop or cool. We would lose our base audience doing that. But um, it would be that. Um, as far as um, uh, one of the my personal favorite uh, rap records is um, uh, Fear of a Black Planet. Um, mm. I love that album. I remember playing that like all the time when I was on tour. We've done so many tours with uh, Public Enemy uh, back in the days. It was ridiculous. We was really, I was really humbled and honored. Um, so that's one that quickly comes to mind. Uh, main Source. Mm. Um, nice. Large Professor, definitely. Um, Tribe Called Quest. I can't really think of any of their works and album CD that I don't like. I want to, I'm coming very close to calling them my favorite group in hip hop period, <laughs> but Tribe Called Quest uh, is up there. Um, those are the ones that quickly come to mind, you mm, know, quickly nice. come to mind. What's the, the best way for... Oh, Brand Nubian uh, too, by the way. Brand Nubian. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, what's the best way for listeners to kind of keep up to date with uh, the uh, Can Hip Hop Go to School documentary? Well, like I said, um, there'll be a website um, that's in the making now, um, but the best way is brandnews.com. Yeah. Mm. Christopher Play Martin, thanks so much for joining me on the library with Tim Reinekel on Rap Station. Thank you. You have a great day. Hit it. <laughs> We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.